Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast. This is episode number 143. Uh, my name is Kyle Krieger. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in uh, on this show, which is brought to you by Wilkie and I. We are Lighthouse Educator Development. Um, what we try to do with this podcast is just bring you teacher stories and bring you things that we hope will add value uh, to your teaching craft. Though you know Those stories we want to tell are of real teachers doing real things. Uh, but this episode is a special, just a little bit different episode because it is um, the audio of the presentation we gave for the New Year Teachers Reboot Conference, which was put on by Educators 2 Educators. Uh, that That is our website. Uh, it's run by Carrie Conover, and uh, Jessica Martin was all, also a huge part of it, and it was a really cool opportunity. Um, you can still go back, I think, and get access to what is, I think, 40 or 50 sessions uh, just having to do with rebooting in the new year, self-care, and all these different things. It was a really cool experience. So if you want to go back and check that out and have a chance to to go through some of those great sessions, uh, Esther Brunat, Gary Gray, uh, Olivia Bertles, Nathan Lyon, there were so many great sessions. Um, you can go to Educators, the number two educators.com and check it out but we hope you enjoy this is just about a 15 minute session where Wilkie and I are talking about a concept we talked about before that is uh, really important to us is the difference between telling an autobiography and a biography and you know why our students really care about um, our stories so if you want to support us you can click the subscribe button you can share it you can leave us a review uh, otherwise we uh, we appreciate you tuning into this episode of the podcast Hey, welcome. This is a slightly different episode of what we would normally call the LED Project Podcast, but this is for the Teacher Reboot Conference in 2019. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I'm joined by my guy, Wilkie V. Law III. Will, what's going on? What up, what up, what up, man? Excited. This last week of finals wrapping up, getting this middle school finals thing out of the way for the first time. Excited, excited. So we are a bonus session so you're getting an extra bonus session uh with us and we're so honored to be a part of it and and this session is called uh biographies and autobiographies um and it's a concept that we've been working on for a couple years and by working on it's just been a part of the conversation that we've been having across ourselves and across our podcast so we're just here to share it with you so to get us started will do you remember, can you think back to the genesis of when we started talking about this concept of, of biographies and autobiographies as a teacher? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, it actually was birthed when we were working together at Stelic. Um, and I remember when we were going through uh, talking about what we present to our students uh, as far as our own authentic self and making sure that the story that we're telling our students is authentically who we are and then it shifted to saying what story are they telling about us because i think the question came up one time when we were talking about how students you know i would have students in my class who wouldn't want to leave math class which anybody knows it's sixth grade math that's the one class they're trying to run out of but the kids did not want to leave and i think it was birthed out of that idea is what are they saying what are what are they what are they even saying to themselves and to others about that class or that instructor that makes them want to stay. And I think that's kind of what we got the idea about the biography versus the autobiographies. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think back to that same time and it just happened to coincide with that time where I was really struggling to understand the sixth grade mentality because I had just come from eighth grade where I could have a much more um, adultish conversation than I could with my sixth graders. And, and it took you so long to convince me that these kids, when they say sometimes they just don't know what, why they do what they do, it's real. And I had projected my story onto them of the fact that they knew what they were doing. They just didn't want to admit it. They didn't want to do this. They didn't want to do that. And man, was that, so, it, it, I think the reason we've continued to talk about it now going on three years is because that was such a monumental moment for me. That was really when my sixth grade experience kind of shifted and started going in the right direction. Yeah, but I think it changes again. You know, a lot of people, you hear people say, I don't care what people think about me. I'm here just to do me. I don't care about this. But the reality is we all care. We might not care what they think, but it is important to understand what they're saying. You know, I can say, I don't care if you like me or not. I don't care what you think about me, but I do care that when you walk away from me, what story are you telling about me? Because I, I want to make sure that the story you're telling about me is the one that's truly me. That's truly me. Make sure it epitomizes who I am as an individual or who I am as a teacher. And I think that starts with me being true to my story from the beginning. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I remember you, you, you phrased it something like this. Like when you, when you walk down a hallway and you see your kids, but they're with kids you don't know, and those kids you don't know ask your kids who that is, oh, they're going to say, oh, that's Mr. Law. He is blah 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 and as we know the kids can say oh that's mr law like he's a he's a dude like he he talks to us he hangs out with us he does trivia with us really positive mm -hmm. but it can also be like oh that's mr law he's a crazy math teacher that does all this stuff he doesn't treat me he doesn't respect me he doesn't do these he doesn't do this so we know and, and this is what it really came down to that we understood and it really took me a long time to understand is this concept that you said kids are watching 100% of the time and not just your kids every right. single oh, kid yeah. is watching you every single second of every single day and they're not only watching you but they're developing their own story about you they're creating their own story about you because now even though I've never had an interaction from you with you I know that when I talked to you before this is how you handled me so Part of your story now becomes part of my that I that's a teacher who didn't disrespect me, or that's just another one of those teachers that disrespected me like everybody else, or that's the teacher who didn't even notice me, or that's the teacher who noticed I had on a pink bow and I always wore a red bow and paid attention to it. So they're creating their own story about every experience and every interaction that they have. We as educators just have to be conscious of the story that we're telling with our actions. Right. And, and that really is, is what it comes down to when we use the reference of biographies versus autobiographies. So you're writing your own story, at, but you have to be aware that the kids are writing a story about you too. And it, it, it's, it's akin to what we talked about with culture, that if as a teacher, you're not intentional about culture in your classroom, the kids will create one for you. Oh yeah, it will be created. Oh, 100%. And, and that's the thing. It, but I think back to the initial conversation we were having about where this came from once i embraced this like that every moment was an opportunity for me to make that connection and to write that story 
man, did it change. Mm. Like how, how often did kids see us clowning and they were just like, who are the, who's this like, who's this black dude and this white dude out there clowning like they brothers and, and doing this thing, you right. know, do, doing, doing jump things. rope challenges, doing double yeah. under challenges in the courtyard. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it was those things that mm-hmm. really endeared the kids. And I remember like thinking back, that was kind of the, when we started talking about this, it was kind of low point. There were a lot of kids that were saying a lot of things that weren't real good about me. Mm-hmm. And as I sort of just took every opportunity I could with that knowledge of saying, Hey, these kids are watching these interactions. So like you said, a kid watches how you interact with another kid and they're going to make up a story about that interaction, even though they weren't a part of it. So when these kids and me as this guy who's like, doesn't trust anybody and doesn't, doesn't want to listen to what we're saying. As soon as I'm having say that kid that was watching the next time I have to interact with them, they've already got a negative story in their mind of how it's going to go. Absolutely. And, and that story is going to be so strong and powerful in them because they witnessed it. Even though they didn't see the whole thing or didn't know the whole outcome, they, wit- they were an eyewitness to it. And because they were an eyewitness to it, now when you interact with them, in their mind, they already have pre-played the clip of you going off or doing whatever to another student. So now they know how to respond even before you open your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how powerful that story is. Right. You know, and, and with this thing, like it, it's the same thing though. And, and in this, what we're really trying to hopefully give teachers, you know, as we're talking to them, as we're talking to you right now, teachers, cause we're, we're just doing our thing, having a conversation, but like, you can take those interactions and turn them on a dime. Like coming back to that point of, of intentionality, like Mm -hmm. you have to be intentional about every interaction because in that story you're telling, you talked about authenticity. The worst thing you can do for the story your kids are writing is not be real. Oh man. If your kids and, and whether it's suburban kids, whether it's rural kids, whether it was our kids in Houston or my kids in Wisconsin, as soon as that real switch is off and they know you're not being real or they even think you're not being real, like the game is over. Right. Right. And you lose so much. And, you know, we talk about a lot about relationships and the importance that teachers, the important that teacher student relationships and that interaction. But you have to remember relationships are very fragile. They're so difficult to build, so easy to break, and even more difficult to rebuild. So talking about the intentionality, if as educators, we're, we're telling a story that's authentic to us, and we're projecting that intentionally to our students, now we're sitting our, setting our students up with a key example of what that looks like, encouraging them to do their own thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and I think back to those moments, you know, and this is all based on the conversation we had. I think once I started to um, appreciate my experience and really you started to validate my experience, it turned into me now being able to validate a kid's experience. And the last thing we really want to talk about with you 
know, in terms of how you can take this biographies and autobiography story, you got to find out what kids are saying about you. And those are super hard conversations, or at least they were super hard for me to sit there because like the kids, I've already got this story played out in my head of how this conversation should go. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that conversation doesn't go the way I plan, I'm trying to find a way to get it to go the way I plan. And it's so hard when you have to stop and just sit here and, and, you know, like we, with Chad Littlefield to really listen without even trying to formulate a response and listen with the intent to gain information, not to provide a solution or an, an excuse or an explanation. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that's the thing. If, if we're going to ultimately what we want is the story you tell as a teacher, the person you want to be, the person you believe you are, the person that, that your highest ideal as an educator, that you're authentically telling that story. And when you ask any kid who's on your campus, they would tell almost verbatim the exact same story. And, you know, even though we know that people's experiences with one another are going to be different, we're going to develop our own perceived uh, notions from every experience that we have to. And I'm noticing even now with me in the classroom, even though I am being authentic, even though I am being intentional, students are still looking for me to be like teachers from their past. They're still looking for me to be that same way. So I have to almost be overtly myself, if that makes any sense, and remind them of the things that I said in comparison to the expectations I've set to the comparison of the standards that I held everybody to. So that they can remember, because sometimes, like I say, students have a short memory. They have a very short memory on the things that matters the most, a long memory on the things that trouble them the most, which is so ironic because as I'm talking with my kids, I have to remind them, this is what my statement was at the beginning of the year. Everyone in my classroom is going to get fair shake. Everyone in my classroom will be successful in my class if you give me effort. So as you, as I re, reaffirm them of the standards that I set and what the roles are, that they play in what we're doing, that is something that has to be done almost daily, depending on the population that you're in. You all, you're always trying to, because their job is to try to see if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're honest, that's their job. Are you telling me the truth? You being 100 with me, as my kids would say. And, and, and our job as educators to be 100. I told them every day you walk in the classroom, I'm gonna hold everybody to the exact same standard. I'm not gonna tell you to put your feet down and I'm not gonna tell something and not tell somebody else not to. So understand that I'm gonna hold everyone accountable for the principles that we set in my classroom, respect, integrity, and pride. And that's what's gonna uphold the classroom. Now I know that coming back in January, guess what I have to do? I have to go back over these again. If you notice, there are no, on my RIP, there's no sticky notes on it. Cause I had the students write, what are things that we respect? What a situation that we should show integrity? What are things we should have pride in? Well, I took those down and I filed them away. Now we're gonna start over in January because we gotta go back over it all over again because that is the culture setting. That is the, that is the, the that's the thermostat for the classroom. You know, that's what we dial in when we're looking to see what's the culture of the classroom, what's the thermostat set on? It's set on respect, integrity, and pride. And that's what we have to get to the students. So when students, even if they're angry with Mr. Law, they're still going to tell a story that's going to be, it may not be the same experience, but the story is going to be the same. Yeah, that's Mr. Law. I don't like him. But, you know, he always be trying to talk to us. 
But you know, I don't really want to hear that all the time. But it won't be, he doesn't care about me. It won't be, he's yelling at us. It won't be, he disrespects us. It will be, I don't feel that at that moment. But yeah, that's what he tries to do. So they're going to downplay it or they're going to, you know, nullify it as best they can. But the story is still the same. Mr. Law wants to inspire you. Mr. Law wants to push you. So that is the story that I tell. And since that's my autobiography, since that's what I'm saying about myself, then guess what? That's what everybody else will begin to say. And I think that's the best way as educators we can go, especially going back into this new year. What do I want my students to say? I don't care what they said last year. 2018 is gone. What will my kids say for 2019? Can I admit to my students that 2018, I blew it in certain situations? Can I admit to them that I didn't hold it down the way I should have? Can I admit to them that I let them go? And once I do that, what story now will they tell? My student, my teacher was smart enough to make a mistake and correct it. They were compassionate enough to tell me that they blew it and they wanted to fix things. We're teaching them and modeling them what good citizenship is and what being a good person looks like. Despite of what situation they come in by the stories we tell with our actions and with our words. Mm, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it right there. You know, we, <laughs> we appreciate you coming and checking out our session in the the New Year Teacher Reboot, and uh, you know, come follow us. We got the at its dot will dot law dot i i i on Instagram. You can follow us at at value as value, and if you don't mind, check out the LED Project podcast on SoundCloud and check it out on iTunes. So uh, we're Lighthouse Educator Development. We're out. Peace.